Open your Bibles again to Matthew 16, and we will look through this passage again, a passage of Scripture again. We'll look at a couple other passages of Scripture. Uh, verse 18 is the text verse, uh, but I want to explain the passage. The text verse is verse number 18, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to preach tonight on the subject, Moving the Gates of Hell. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless the preaching of your word tonight. Lord, with our hearts, minds, and souls, we have hungered to magnify you and to worship you. For Lord, you are the great God, creator, king of kings, and Lord of lords. You're very good to us. And Lord, we thank you for your love and goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. And I pray that you'd help us in the message tonight to receive what you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This passage of Scripture is a familiar passage of Scripture. It is also a very full passage of Scripture. There's much to be said and there's much to be learned. It is also a foundational a passage of scripture. Very important statements are given in this passage. I probably could take 10 statements, but I want to take four things in the message, look at the context, and then take the rest of the time dealing with one of the four. The first thing I want to point out is that Jesus asked the disciples, he said, who do men say that I am? And they began to answer him with what they had heard around them, what others had called uh, the Lord Jesus. Some said you're Elias, some say uh, that you're John the Baptist. And then Jesus said to the disciples, whom do ye say uh, that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I want to point out that important uh, truth and statement. Second of all, as Jesus recognizes this truth that Jesus is the Christ, he is the Son of the living God, uh, he adds to what is a fact and said, I'm going to build the church upon this rock. Now it's not saying he built the church on Peter. Uh, Peter was a small pebble and that's what his name meant. But the church was built on the person, on the power and promises of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he founded the local church in his ministry. Third of all, he tells of the power of the church when he says the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. The fourth statement I want to point out tonight, he tells them that he was giving to them the keys to the kingdom of God. Didn't say I'm giving Peter the keys of heaven. Uh, it makes for jokes and songs, but Peter doesn't stand at the gate uh, with keys to let you in if you've done good enough uh, to get in. That's not the way it works. Uh, but he says to them, he said, I've given to you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now let me give some definition uh, to these statements and some context and put these uh, four related items together and then look at the fact that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. 
Take your Bibles and go to Hebrews chapter 1, if you will, please. First of all, we know that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. The name Emmanuel means God with us. God with us. Jesus was God in the flesh. Are you with me tonight? He was God in the flesh. The Bible says in Hebrews 1, God who at sundry times in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is the Christ. He is God in person. Important to understand that. Then Jesus became the chief cornerstone. Acts chapter 4 verse number 12 tells us that it was the stone that the builders set it not. They said that we don't need this stone, this person of Jesus. We don't need this. Ah, but Jesus said, not only am I a stone, I am the chief cornerstone of the church. Not Peter, but the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's important to understand that. Then the key statement, the church would be a church on the move. The church would be the church in action. And nothing, not anything, not even the gates of hell could stop the advancement, the work of the local church as the church was given the mandate to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He then said he would give them the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now a key is a badge of authority. The Bible talks about that throughout the scripture. Isaiah 22, Luke chapter 11 are a couple of examples. And the key of heaven, uh, the key of the, the kingdom of heaven, not heaven, but key to the kingdom of heaven, a key is used to unlock or to open a door. Uh, Peter was privileged to open the door of faith. Faith is the key. Faith in Christ. He preached to them. He gave to them the keys to the kingdom. What is that? Have faith in Christ. What do I have to do to be saved? Trust in him. What do I have to do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what it was. Peter was privileged to preach to the Jews and open that door of faith to the Samaritans in Acts chapter 8, to the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10. Now what did Jesus mean when he said that the gates of hell could not prevail against the church? Think with me now. Gates in the Bible represent a place of authority and power. The gates of hell, the gates of Hades symbolize the organized power of Satan and death. The organized power of Satan and death. By the Lord Jesus' death and resurrection, he conquered death. Jesus proved when he got up out of the grave that no enemy could slow nor stop me, not even death 
itself. Death had no power on the Lord Jesus. He laid down his life. He took up his life. He's the giver of life. He is life. Death itself, death itself would not be able to stop the moving forward of the church. Now the gate is an entry into a place of walls and gates or walls and doors. And, and that gate is the entry place. Hell is the place of eternal dying and those gates symbolize the entrance to death. The Lord was declaring that death will not triumphant uh, triumph over the church, but the church would overcome death with the gospel of life. Jesus said in Revelation 1 and verse number 18, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Death cannot hold Christ and with faith in Christ and eternal life that comes at salvation, death cannot hold the Christian. Death cannot hold the child of God. The Bible says that the dead in Christ will rise. Since, uh, since sin in the Garden of Eden, death has had a stranglehold on mankind, Romans 5, 12, Wherefore as by one man sin entered to the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now, death had a hold on mankind. Listen to me now. At salvation, death loses its hold. Death cannot prevail. Uh, the gates of hell cannot keep the message of life from moving forward. Uh, take your Bibles and go with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15. I'm glad not only do I rejoice that he is a risen and a living Lord, I too now have eternal life and while this body may go back to the dust from whence it came it will be sown in mortality as we'll read in this passage of scripture but thank God hell could not hold me death could not hold me the gates of hell were charged when the gospel was given to me and the gates of hell could not prevent me uh, from salvation. Take your Bibles and look at verse number 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Talking about our body. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible uh, must put on incorruption and this mortal uh, must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. The questions are asked, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory. Victory over what? Victory over death. 
victory over hell, victory over the grave, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he says very much the same thing in verse number 58 as he said in Matthew 16 and 18, Therefore, because you have victory in Christ, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, since the church is to march forward with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with the keys to the kingdom, the key of faith in Christ, nothing, and I mean nothing, including the very hold of death, the very gates of death and hell can stop or prevail the advancing church. Nothing can. Nothing can. I do not know why anyone would want to change anything about the powerful church. Not enough is said about the church, the work of the church, the power of the church, the potential of the church. You see, the church has the power to change a culture. The church has the power to change a people. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ that does not make a man a conservative. It makes him a new man in Christ. A new man. I don't want to change anything about the church. It doesn't need changed. It simply needs to be obedient in marching forward to do what God called the church to do. The church has been given a mandate, and that's preach the gospel to every creature. It has been given a motivation. That motivation is eternal life with Christ and the rewards that we'll receive to cast at the feet of the Savior. It's been given a mighty power to move forward, and nothing can stop the work of the local church. You say, what about if they make a law against it? Folks are still being saved in China and in countries where they say church is illegal. Uh, they tried uh, to stop the church by taking the lives of the disciples. They tried to stop the church uh, by persecution and scattering the church. Ah, but the Bible said they went everywhere preaching the gospel. And everywhere they went, death, the gates of hell could not stop could not prevent, could not prevail against the advancing church. Now, I don't understand tonight. There are those that have been given to moving the landmarks, but not the church. I don't know about you. I'm not interested in moving the landmarks. The Bible gives four warnings against moving the landmarks. Spend more time moving the landmarks than we do the church moving forward itself. I don't want to move the landmark of gospel music. I don't, I don't need music that makes me wonder if I'm in a honky-tonk or in church. I want music that I know is glorifying the king. You're not going to get any better how, than how great thou art. How great thou art. You're not going to get any better than up from the grave he arose. Friend, I want to tell you something tonight. It's not about moving the landmarks. It's about the church moving forward. I'm not, a, I'm not for moving the landmarks of godliness and holiness. I hear folks say, well, I'm better than they are. And I'm better than he is. And I'm doing better than she is. Friend, they, he, and she are not uh, the uh, standard. Jesus Christ is the standard. And you and I have been called the holy 
holiness and we've been called to godliness and we ought to live in godliness and holiness from our minds on the inside and the words that we say and our behaviors on the outside. I'm not interested in moving the landmarks of being a gospel witness. We've got the idea today that giving the gospel is putting the gospel on the back of a label of a bottle of water and giving, I'm for giving out water, but friend, the way you give the gospel is you ask a man if he's been born again and you give him the gospel of Jesus Christ as they did in the word of God. I'm not for moving the landmarks of being a gospel witness. I'm not for moving the landmarks of this old King James Bible. I understand the these and I understand the thous and I understand this old book right here enough to keep me busy until Jesus comes. It's not a book that you need to, uh, you don't need a book so you can uh, understand it easier. We just need to read it when you know uh, the author of the book, you can understand the word of God. Now my purpose tonight is not to preach that message but to say if you and I would get busy moving the church forward, we wouldn't have time uh, to worry about moving about moving the landmarks. Once you and I were in the confines of death, we were guarded and behind the gates of hell. But thank God somebody from the church came by where we were. They either drove a bus or they knocked on your door. They invited you to church at work. Somebody gave you the glorious gospel of salvation. They told you how Jesus died on the cross for your sin. How that Jesus rose again from the grave proving power over death and hell and how Jesus uh, ascended to heaven. And dear friend, I want to tell you, uh, that's how uh, the devil lost your soul that day when he gave you eternal life. Uh, the gates of hell used to be there, but we moved them back behind where you are. Aren't you glad for the day you got saved? I'm glad for the day. I'm glad the gates of hell could not prevail against the work of the gospel. The demoniac of Gadara was an interesting story. He was confined by the gates of death until he met the giver of life. Oh, they chained him. They, they tried to tame him. They put him through every program. The Bible even said he plucked the chains asunder. He, they, they, they couldn't even bind him. Oh, Jesus didn't come to bind him. Jesus came to set him free. Isn't it something how he was bound by sin and the world trying to bind him again? And Jesus came and the gates of hell couldn't stop the gospel. The gates of hell couldn't stand on this side of the maniac of Gadara. Uh, when they first saw him, he was living among the tombs and he was making uh, uh, fearful noises and he was unclothed. Uh, but after he met the giver of life, the Bible said he was seated beside Jesus in his right mind and clothed and saying... Jesus, can I just go with you? And Jesus said, no, I want you to go tell your friends what great things has happened. The gates of hell couldn't hold him. The powerful and educated Saul of Tarshish, a part of organized religion that hated the truth of the gospel, was behind the gates of hell until the giver of life came on the Damascus road that day and as the gospel of the Bible shed, said a light shined down from heaven. Now friend, it was in the middle of the day. The sun was always shining but the gospel light is brighter than the sunlight and the gospel light came and it moved the gates of hell. Uh, they tried to keep Paul uh, uh, locked behind the gates of death and hell 
Oh, but Jesus said the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The purpose of the church is the propagation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul went from being a persecutor of the Christian and of the church to a promoter of the gospel and a, a soul winning preacher. Not interested in moving the landmarks. I'm interested in the church moving forward. Take your Bibles go to the book of Acts, if you will. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. This is the story of Samaria. I want you to notice all of it. Let's begin in verse number 1. Saul was consenting unto his death, talking about Stephen in the chapter before as they stoned him to death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. They were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing at men and women committed them to prison. Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Now Philip went down to the city of Samaria. The city of Samaria had the walls and gates of hell around it. The devil had a hold of the individuals of that city. All oh, but Jesus said upon this rock I'll build my church. They took that gospel and they turned the world upside down. Philip went to Samaria and he preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. Those were the spirits of hell. Those were the spirits of death. Those were the spirits of Satan. Ah, but the promise is the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. And as he took the gospel into Samaria, God give us another generation of young men that will pick a town and storm the gates of hell, that will pick a city and storm the gates of hell. You may not reach everybody, but thank God across this state today, there were many who came to know Christ as Savior because they did exactly what Philip did. They went into the town preaching the gospel of Christ. And the Bible says, And many taken with palsy and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. The man sick of the palsy, the ten lepers, Zacchaeus, the woman taken in adultery, the child possessed by devils, they were all confined to the gates of hell and death until the giver of life came and the gates of hell could not hold them. The thief on the cross confined by the gates of hell on death row and in the process of execution. Oh, think about it. In the process of execution and there on that cross beside him was the giver of life. They were mocking that woman in the middle that was being crucified and they said to those around him hell uh, look here here's the king of the Jews others he saved himself he cannot save I don't know what was going on down around him uh, when the thief cried out uh, but the Lord said uh, today thou shalt be with me in 
paradise. Hell could not hold him and thank God for the power of the gospel. That's why we run the buses. That's why we give our time on Saturdays and other days. That's why we go soul winning and that's why we give gospel tracts. That's why we preach on radio and television. That's why we train pastors and servants of God. That's why we plant churches. We're not interested in moving the old landmarks or fellowship with those that do. We have too much work to do to move the confines of death and hell and tell folks that the giver of life are here, is here to set them free. I recall the woman that came after hearing a radio broadcast one weekday morning during the week and she wept over her sins and she wept believing that God could never save her. She had been such a wicked woman. What a joy it was to introduce her to the giver of life and to see the gate of hell unlocked once again and to see her set free. Oh, I'll never forget that and I rejoice in it. Brother Gordon Warren is here tonight. He got saved in our church on a Sunday morning. We were having church on Versailles Road. And I remember when he came and the devil had just about destroyed his life with so many things. And I remember the day that he trusted Christ as Savior and followed the Lord in believer's baptism. A portable baptistry, portable baptistry. Hey, it works. It worked. And uh, he, he got saved. He's been a part of our church since. And the Lord's blessed him and used him. He told me, uh, well, he called me. I was uh, on a flight uh, last week. And he said, preacher, I've got a, a friend of mine I want you to go see. And so Thursday, uh, you may have seen a police cruiser come to the church and pick me up. I just want to testify tonight. We weren't going to jail. Do you hear me? And, uh, but he picked me up and we went to see his friend his friend Rick, that's uh, served our community, a good police officer and a police officer with uh, others uh, that uh, served here, David and others. And I went to see Rick along with Gordon and I sat down beside his bed. It was a heartbreaking scene. He got cancer just a few weeks ago and the cancer is so aggressive, so aggressive. Rick was in good health. The cancer came and just taking his life so quickly. Rick was awake and very conscious and introduced myself and talked a little bit about police, uh, policemen and so forth. And I didn't tell him police jokes. I said all good things about policemen that day. I told him all of my family were police officers and all that law. There had to be some grace in the family so I didn't become a police officer but a preacher. I said, now, uh, I said, now, Rick, what I came to talk to you about, I want to know for sure that you've trusted Christ as Savior. He began to cry. He said, I've been such a sinner. He said, but last Wednesday, Gordon came and he sat beside me. He told me that Jesus would forgive me. Last Wednesday, he said, I prayed. He said, ask him to forgive me of all my sin. He said, preacher, he said, God gave me such peace. I prayed with him. We rejoiced in his salvation. I told him, I told him about the thief on the cross that God saved. We went outside and I said, Brother Gordon, sounds to me like you already led him to Christ. And uh, 
He said, well, I was talking to some of the police officers. There were two, two police officers there when we went. And the first one said, Pastor Fugit, it's good to see you. I haven't seen you since I graduated from the police academy 20 years ago. And I came to your church as you honored all the policemen that graduated that year. And, and they left. And, and, and Gordon said, well, preacher, he said, uh, policemen were talking. And we said, we better get a professional, over there, a professional over there to make sure Rick knows he's saved. I said, professionals built the Titanic. Amateurs built the ark. You see, soul winning is just taking the giver of life and saying, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. And this is what Jesus will do for you. I want to say to you tonight, church, for these many years we've worked to win everybody we can to Christ. Let's this week continue to move forward. Nothing can stop the church. Not a single thing. Not even the gates of death and hell can stop the gospel of Jesus Christ.